Welcome to Invoking Witchcraft, the podcast where the sacred and profane come out to play. So call the quarters and set the round. It's time for another episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. My name is Britton, and I am here with... Jay Allen Cross, your trusty co-host here. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing wonderful. We are here with Laura Davila, also known as Daphne Lechicera, on the Instagrams and the socials, um, here again for part two of our interview. Thank you so much for coming back and joining us, Laura. Thanks to you for inviting me, guys. Mm-hmm. So it's been a whole three minutes since we saw you last. So <laughs> we record these back. Let's back. let's pretend we're already in October and it's chilly out because in Texas it's not. <laughs> oh yes. We're gonna pretend for that chilly weather because this is a very chilly weather topic. It's a very October topic because we would love to speak with you about the Day of the Dead mm-hmm. and what kind of all of that is about. How do we participate? Do we participate? We want to know all of it. And so maybe we should start at the very beginning. You know, what what is what is Day of the Dead? Okay, I'm going to start that. This is not my definition. I don't want to say my definition. I want to be more, um, you know, like academic and something that somebody can, you know, research after what I'm talking about right yeah. mm-hmm. so this definition is the definition of the Insti- uh, national institute of anthropology and history uh the ina that is a mexican federal federal government bureau that is the one who is in charge to guarantee the research the research preservation protection and promotion of the prehistorical Archaeological, Anthropological, and Historical Heritage of Mexico. Mm -hmm. So uh, the definition that they give um, about the Day of the Day, uh, the Dead is is a feast, is a party, is a festival. Uh, One of uh, the multiple effects of the meetings of two worlds. In Mexico, however, it has also been the cause and the origin of an enormous variety of cultural expressions that revolve around this annual celebration. Anthropological studies have confirmed that the celebrations dedicate, dedicated to the dead not only share an, accent, an ancient ceremonial practice where the Catholic tradition and the pre-Columbian tradition coexist, but they are very clear on the fact that it's a diversity of manifestations that are based on the ethnic and cultural plurality of Mexico. Oh. What does that mean? Because I have seen this, I have this tea and I, mm-hmm. I'm mad. <laughs> this is a thing <laughs> that I have right now with a lot of accounts since I started my my Instagram account where everybody wants to sell classes. Everyone out you want to sell courses and, you know, everybody wants to share. And they have that, this tendency of this is the traditional day of the dead. This is the traditional elements. And this is this is wrong, the one wrong. way to do it. Exactly. <laughs> the one singular and I'm like, way. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it, it's really, it, I think it's very harmful. It's very harmful because you may be uh, practicing and celebrating certain thing, costumes and, you know, things, but you're erasing, you know, another ways to celebrate this body that belongs to us, to all of us, not on a specific part of Mexico or the United States and even some other places in Latin America. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand that our borders are really new and 31 states today, today and 25 of those states have a really, really um, deep um, indigenous heritage and the other six, not so much, but they still have it too. Uh, but different areas not only have different ways to celebrate this feast, they have a different name for it. Mm. So if you go to the Huastec region, that is, you know, like parts of San Luis Potosí, uh, parts of Nuevo León, Veracruz, uh, you're going to see like, oh, it's called Chantolo. If you go to this part of uh, Yucatan, Merida, and the peninsula, you're going to be, oh, they're like celebrating, but the name is uh, Chanal Pixan. That means soul of food, you know? And mm-hmm. it is a lot of different names and different ways to celebrate this. Um, so as at the same time, we have like different elements too for the altars and their meanings. We have mm-hmm. to understand that, oh, because a lot of people is like, Oh, this is a, a pre-Hispanic uh, celebration. No, it's a combination of both. Like, right. we don't celebrate Day of the Dead, like, just like, you know, the, the pre-Colombian world used to do it. We integrate a lot of uh, Catholic elements to this um to this celebration. It, and another that they're very recent, like now every uh 27 of october now we celebrate or we wait for our for our pets we put our pets uh this started like 10 years ago something like that because one uh place uh a veterinary a vet place um they started with that thing like they started putting like that day um the the altar for the, the dogs. And they were most like honorating uh, the, the dogs that they were like run over in the streets because it's, we have this, this problem a lot of Mexico where we don't have like, um, you know, like shelters for dog or they, you know, they just, mm-hmm. just walk around and they, they belong to all of us. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> they started doing these traditions there for, uh, for the dogs too. And one lady even told me one time, like, oh, but... But that's not traditional. That's not, you know, you cannot modify a millennial um, tradition. And I'm like, dude, this is not has 1,000 years as much as has like, I don't know, like 500, you know, <laughs> and had been like, you know, evolutionating a lot, you know, in different areas. But 
Well, and even if it had like a thousand years of history, a thousand years ago, somebody decided, hey, I'm going to start exactly. doing this thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, right. So it's a living thing. You know. Yeah. The, it depends a lot on what part of Mexico uh, you are, how you're going to celebrate the Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Of course, we share like common elements in a lot of our altars, but they're, they they differ very vastly from place to place. Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense, especially because like I, I keep trying to tell people, I'm like Mexico is a complicated place, and it's very difficult to say like yeah. there's there's one tradition or there's one thing or this is very clearly where this came from. It's like no, it's it's all mixed up in there. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So can you tell us about um, some of the traditions and kind of why they're important? Maybe some of your, some of your faves. I, I really, you know, like how people like celebrate in the Huastec area. They, you know, while in other places they put seven, you know, uh, steps or like liars. How do you say it? Like mm-hmm. in the altar, we usually put three, uh, mm-hmm. which is like, Heaven, Earth, and the underworld, right? Mm-hmm. So, and sometimes some people, depending if they need it or not, um, they put like in one side um, an altar that is connected for only the children that they die, um, mm-hmm. you know, early. So, we put more like atole and guayabas, like guavas, See, things that are like more sweets, mm-hmm. toys, and things like that. In other places, uh, you know, like Mexico City, they put like nine levels because they were like the nine levels of the Mictlán. But, mm-hmm. you know, just like I said, everybody has their, their ways um, to even put the altars or the elements of the altar. Um, my favorite thing about the, the day of the dead is the bread. Like, yes. that's like, <laughs> you know, I wait every year for Sam's club since I was in Mexico. We have Sam's over there too, for them to put their uh, day of the dead um, bread. I love it. Oh, um, amazing. Yeah, I love that. I saw you two posting the other day about... Um, being upset because, you know, now, of course, this is the time of the year where everyone's sharing their recipe, being like, this is real pan de muerto. <laughs> like, the authentic, the traditional, <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> it's just like, okay, yeah. So that, that's that's funny because everybody, you know, has like their own way. My, my favorite is uh, since, you know, like I really like how like, uh, the Huastec region celebrate the day because I'm more more close to that. What I was more close to that, they have like a bread that is called the sirena, el pan de sirena, and this bread, you know, is more like uh, like puffy and it's made with a special water. Just like it reminds me a lot of like the bagels in New York. Like this, they have a special flavor. It's the yes. same thing with the pan de sirena over there, where the the, the day of the, the dead. And the form, the shape is not like the one that is like more like the, the one that is more spread, what is like the circle with the the four. No, this one has actually like a sirena or a mermaid 
um, shape. So that's what they put in, you know, um, on the day of the day. But these like mermaids had a lot of like crosses on the on the bread, like a, with uh, usually like uh, ro- uh, um, sugar color, sugar like um, mm-hmm. like pink. So it's really yummy. It kind of reminds me of like king cake that they have around Mardi Gras in like uh, Louisiana and New Orleans. Uh, that's kind of that's where my brain's going. I'm like, oh, so yeah, like, like king that. cake. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Exactly. So this is a question that I get a lot, especially around this time of year, you know, which is say, say it's somebody's first time that they've decided, you know, this year I'm going to celebrate Day of the Dead. Do you have advice for them? Maybe some do's and don'ts or or maybe things that you think will will be helpful for them if they're like, you know what? Okay, this is the year I'm going to do it. So what, what what would your advice be? Well, first of all, and I want to be like really clean on this. This is not a close practice either. You know, mm, I have seen yeah. that too, like, some people start putting or venerating their ancestors and, oh no, but you're white. Why are you doing that? Like, even if you want to call it day of the dead, yeah. because that's not exclusive of, you know, uh, anybody. Does it, nobody has like, it's like, like somehow like hear people things like we have like copywriting of something. That belongs right. to. It doesn't. So if you want to do it, even if you're not Mexican or you don't feel Mexican or you don't have Mexican ties, you can put an altar. Right. As long as like you do it. The world as lo- exactly. As long as you do it with love, mm-hmm. with respect, and you wanna, you know, celebrate the life of your ancestors, of your friends, because you, you don't have to put like family. You can put even your pet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, everybody can do it. Uh, don't feel guilty about it. Just be respectful for, especially for Mexican American people, try to research where your abuela or your abuelo or your tios or what area, you know, on Mexico they come from and try to, you know, Check how we celebrated on that side of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have like an idea, even though you don't have to stick 100% to that idea, because we know uh, that now, you know, uh, you are, you, maybe you have a husband or you're going to have to share that space with other, some people, right? And I want to be clear too, like, it's not an exact like way to celebrate. This is not like a Roman Catholic missal that has a procedure and stuff. Right. Um, like it has several, you know, um, days that people now more like as a nation, you know, as a state, like all of us try to follow. For example, today uh, on June 29th, people start like um, between the... No, June June 24 and June 29 between those days, San Juan and San Peter is where people started to like plant the Sempasuchi. So it is ready 
for the day of the dead. That's why it has those, those dates because it's exactly when you're going to get it. That's when people does that. Today and tomorrow, that's when people uh, start celebrating the feast of San Michael Archangel. And people like mm. place Copa, uh, start San Mariano, some like the place where they're going to have their altar and stuff um, and ask God, you know, like let my family members come in, you know, um, that, that, that's today. Um, Which today is September 28th for oh, those well, of you who are tomorrow. Uh-huh. Oh, between, <laughs> uh, between today and tomorrow, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And October 18, the tradition says that you can put like a little glass of water and a bread or like some kind of like to help or to offer people who was who died drowned like they 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 got drowned in the sea or mm-hmm. in a pool whatever and then we don't do anything until October 27 that is now what we celebrate the the or pets or furry friends and then we in October 28 we we celebrate usually uh, San Judas Tadeo, and we is that's when we start putting like the base of the altar, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're going to do your altar with nine levels, you put your nine levels. If you're going to do it with three, you do it with three. If you're going to put it with seven, some people does it with seven. Um, you just start right. Um, in October 29, uh, usually people in Mexico we have a you know, a social crisis where we have a lot of people who die in result of things that they were related to when the state failed to guarantee them their human rights, right? Like, you know, racial discrimination, um, segregation, hate crimes against individual in the LGBTQ community. You know what I'm saying? Um mm-hmm child neglect so people try to put like a candle even though like they're not your family sometimes they're not your something that was close to you like a suggester uh of okay you know they 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 have like a light you know uh in october 30 uh 30th um you you can start like putting like the candles and the flowers and leaving like a, like another bread, like stale bread or something for for um, people who died in an accident. Like so, somehow like the first days that we celebrate uh, the Day of the Dead doesn't really have like something to do with our family, but like the spirits around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the October 31st, people put like, uh, things for their grandparents, even though like you didn't like knew them. Right. And then there is like a misconception (laughs) that I see like a lot in, in Instagram where they said, well, but one is very celebrated. Like, um, in November 1st, 
Mexican people over there, and it's pretty much in every community, they celebrate like the kids who died, like mm -hmm. Los Angelitos, the, mm -hmm. the first. And the second, we celebrate like the, the grown-ups, mm -hmm. the teenage, the teenage kids, like 16, 17, they are celebrated the first two because they were like, and then in November 3rd, there is a lot of people who won like those, these uh, Rosarios for the mm -hmm. Anima Sola uh. and um, San Martin de Porres because it's the day of San Martin de Porres in November 3rd. Um, I know like everybody have different be beliefs around the Anima Sola depending on the country where you re reside. But now in Mexico, uh, the Anima Sola has become a symbol of feminism. Uh, like, mm -hmm. I don't know how, if I'm going to say it right, like the women that they're killed, like, you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. And these women doesn't really, like, appear anymore. Like, they 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 bury them. They, they hide them. They, you know. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people now is, like, every time they they they... Pray to the anima sola is like, oh, we're praying to the anima sola because these animas are our sisters, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And you tell people what or, or who uh, la anima sola is. Well, uh, the anima sola is a religious icon um, that has a history behind. Mm -hmm. It is said that um, the anima sola or the lonely soul It was a woman, a Jewish woman, um, that was, her name was uh, Maria Celestina Abdegano. And she was condemned for eternity to be in the purgatory because when Jesus Christ was passing by with his cross, he, she didn't give him water, even though he asked her her for water because he was thirsty, but she was so afraid. It was not because some people said like she was like mocking him and stuff, but like the, the Mexican, like, you know, folklore says like she was actually um, afraid of like the centuriones, like punish her because she mm -hmm. was helping him. So she just like ran, like panicked and she didn't give him water. Mm. So mm -hmm. it said that she was condemned for the eternity. And it's a lot of like uh, magic and, you know, devotion and around this figure. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of people try to specifically that day to have a gesture with her, you know? And now it is too, like sadly a symbol of feminicide in Mexico There is a lot of stories where, uh, you know, I have a friend who told me one time, like she was walking through an alley and she had like two guys who were following her, right? And she's starting like asking, you know, the anima sola uh, to help her, right? Like, help me, help me, you know? She was very, she's very devotee of the anima sola. And she said, like, a lady with certain description came and helped her and mm -hmm. hide her. And when she told somebody about this lady, they said, oh, yeah, she, she disappeared. She was, like, 
she was murdered, you know. So now, like, because of that story and so many others now, she's like somehow a symbol of all those women. Mm-hmm. So not only we're not only like uh, praying the rosaries for her, we're praying a rosary for all of them too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and that's how, you know, the traditions start like evolving sometimes for good things and sometimes for things like this. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. It's not one day, it's several days for the celebration. And, you know, uh, that's how we celebrate it. So that's why if you, what, whoever want to celebrate the day, don't feel bad if you don't, you don't have like a script of how I should do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a personal one, you know, of course there is like certain elements that a lot of us like um, share, for example, the papel picado, you know, like the, that um, like China paper that is very pretty, comes in a lot of vibrant colors mm-hmm. and it has the meaning of, you know, it has two meanings. It has to do with the element air and it's, it, it is said to in another, you know, parts of Mexico that actually like the souls travel through those holes. Oh, from the yeah. oh wow. Yeah. And for example, we have those sugar schools. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those are a representation of the Zompantli, you know, because they, they actually represent the human school. Mexico-American, uh, no, Mesoamerican cultures um, took these schools from, uh, schools from sacrificed person and they piled them and, you know, used to do that for, in honor of like the dead um, deities. So that's why we put those like calabacitas de azúcar. Some of them have the name of your deceased person because it's a way to honor, you know, or ancient gods, right? Mm. Uh, Well, the, the pan de muerto, as you, you know, just like I said, there is a different kinds of pan de muerto. Uh, Catholic reliquias, Catholic um, things that belong to the deceased. Like I put like sometimes the, the rosary of my grandma. I put like um, the Virgen of Guadalupe. I put like, you know, the things that my ancestors used to believe, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, I think that that's so important too, because I find a lot of people that I talk to when doing ancestor things will be like, well, my grandma was Mormon, but I'm not going to put a Book of Mormon on there because I don't agree with it. And it's like, this is not it's about you. you? Right. <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, this is about them. Like, this is not about you. Yeah, and uh, different things uh, that were important for your deceased person. Like, it could be, like, makeup or it could be, you know, like, things that they were related to their hobbies. Why not? You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're, it, it's like, you know, you have to understand this. Like, Mexican people, as Mexicans, we believe in coming back from the dead. You think you're going to come back for lettuce and a salad? 
No, you have to put the food. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, or you're not going to come back to well, ah, because somebody said like, oh, my grandpa was a carpenter. I'm going, dude, you're going to come back from afterlife to work. Right. <laughs> I mean, if your grandpa enjoyed that as a hobby, that's awesome. But otherwise, you know, imagine like you're going to go to visit your familiar from, to familia from another place and you have to travel and that trip is going to be tightening for you what would you like like i know if you go to casa de tu prima or when my family comes from mexico they have a self-care stuff and i usually put things that they like it's the same thing you know uh, be creative you know yeah. uh thing like they're tight thing like they're tired so put some water put some things that there is going to be a comfort for them, right? Mm-hmm. So now we're putting a lot of like uh, dos perritos, dos perritos. Um, they they're calling um, is Quinkle, and now you can find those in any like ninety nine cent stores or because it, it's it is it, the the cosmon- cosmogony says like the the souls were escorted by a dog to go to the Mictlan. But now ah. people say like, okay, but they bring them back. Well, that actually that story doesn't say that, but why not? <laughs> since we're since we're going to um, you know, celebrate your pet too. So a lot of people is placing you know, and it's squinkling because that, that's the, the belief. Like, a uh, perro used to score, score the, the souls to the McPlan. And it was said, too, like, if you were mean or bad to a dog, you were never going to be able to cross the McPlan. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of, uh, we do a lot of seed offerings. Like, a lot. Like, um, and that's another thing that, I had like my little drama last year because, you know, I place, you know, my corn differently than somebody else. And somebody was like, no, the Mictlampa is in the north. The black has to be. Yeah. But what about in Chilbalba? Exilbalba? You know what I'm doing or not? So, but (laughs) everybody always know. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like... Not because you know one way that doesn't mean like it's not. So I placed my call and she was like, oh, chill. <laughs> she doesn't chill. So, yeah. And ah, so, the internet. The you internet know was what? Now, like, you, we have to be like creative and renovating, right? There is a lot of like art that now people do with those seeds, seeds that was done back then too. But now, if you have a dog like Sammy, or you have a baby like Brittany is going to have, get those like um, canvas and you can make your figures like they, they're not going to move. You know what I'm saying? Instead of just do your, you know, seed um, offering, just putting it there and like a baby will be even dangerous, right? So now that's what I'm doing like buying a canvas and I like do my drawings. And I place all the seats that I have available. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, what else? I place um, blah, 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 blah. 
water, salt. Some people said, like, don't play salt, but we play salt. Right. Uh, I mean, that's something, a, too, that I run across. That's like, a huge I'm debate. I'm so tired of that. Like, do, do you really have to debate these? Like, Right. <laughs> well, and I think, too, like, in my experience, people mix up things like the ancestors and things like ghosts. So, like, in, in my experience, like, ghosts that are still here on our side are repelled by salt. But the ancestors, those who have crossed over and are in the land of the dead, they do not give a shit about salt. And somebody, too, and kind of like what you are talking about earlier, someone posted this thing about, like, oh, well, when you put food on your ancestor altar or your Day of the Dead altar, like, make sure that you don't cook with any salt because it will repel them. And I'm like, that would be I'm gross. sorry, I did not come all the way from the land of the dead for no bland-ass chicken. Like, I'm like... The ancestors well, I think deserve ancestor will be like, fuck, no, no spices. Dude, right. Right. Who do you who do you think we are? Like we're Mexicans. What is my my garlic and my onion and my pepper? Right. I need like I need spicy. I need spice. I need flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, uh well, the photograph, some people, some people place a mirror. Because in some ethnias, like people said, like the dead likes to, you know, like be presentable for their family. So they, some people place like these mirrors, candles, uh, the marigold. Um, that's so and that's another funny thing. I my, last year I didn't place marigolds. I placed nubes. The nubes is this white flower that is like very tiny and a curander I'm not going to I'm not going to say the name. Oh no. It's because the the Sempasuchil like makes helps the dead to cross and stuff. Yeah, I mean now, but you know, we didn't never place like Sempasuchil before the government of Lazaro Cárdenas. And you know, that's very recent. And they like, still showed up. <laughs> yeah, like what are you talking about? And there is a lot of places where the Sempasuchi doesn't even grow. Yeah. See, and kind of like, I'm always traveling for Day of the Dead. And so I'm always just like going outside and whatever flowers are there is what's going on the altar. Yeah, the Sempasuchi flower was like something that was like, like brought up from one former Mexican president, you know, as a symbol. Um, so as a way to unify, you know, the, the tradition a little bit more in the national sense. So before that, it used to be nubes or yeah, any white flower, usually wildflowers that grew or yellow. It didn't even matter. Um, copal, you know, mm. salt. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the thing that I enjoy the most is the, you know, I, I is to do the, the, the altar for the little altar that I do for the kids. At the same time, it's sad, but oh my god, I always try to put more love in that part of the, mm-hmm. the altar. Yeah. And it's funny because we have, I don't know if you have seen it. It's called like a little like a toy that is called la pirinola. Now I always used to put like a pirinola 
I don't know what is the name in English of that, but it's very, you know, Mexican, like traditional. And somebody is this one. Oh, like a top or a dreidel. Yeah, that one. And I always put it for the kids and, you know, and somebody told me, oh my God, why you have, she told me the name in Jewish. Dreidel. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I don't know. Oh, because it's, that's a Jewish kid's toy. I just laughed because I didn't even know. I thought it was Mexican. <laughs> so, <laughs> and from there, like, I was like, there is a lot of, like, things that we are really already as Mexican adding that they're not really Mexican. So, right. does it matter? Not much, you know? That's the one that is um, that is the original one, Jewish. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But in our or Mexican way, it has like, toma todo, toma cinco. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, yeah. and from that, I was like, you know what? Now I get it. It's just like, just like uh, Carl Jung said, like the symbols... And the elements are part of the unconscious, mm-hmm. you know? Right. It's a lot of things that they're there. They have a meaning and a very deep one, but we're not going to be able to understand consciously. It's an unconscious level where we, we have the meaning of those symbols. Mm-hmm. But yep, we... Yeah. we I just don't understand as a magical community how we want to, like, rush rationalize everything and like shred it instead of enjoying right. you know <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that so funny like in the magical community like nowadays that's we're just leaning so much into logical rational thinking and it's like we're it, but we're mystical people exactly <laughs> like is 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 just like that you know mm-hmm. that's why i'm i really if you want guys like to celebrate the day, the day of the dead like Whoever is like listening, don't have that like feeling like oh, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it bad. Mm-hmm. There is not a right way or a script on this. And somebody who's saying that is wrong. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important. Something else too that. I, I know that people are going to want to know, because this is, again, another question that I get a lot. Um, so you've put these things on the altar, whether it's food or items or things like that. Day of the dead is over. What do we do with them? Is there a specific way to get rid of them? You throw them away? Well, like generally, like, for example, the flowers, they, they well, for me, they last more than, you know, Five days, right? Six yeah. days. I usually keep them until they're like, you know, they're dead. And then I just discard them. The, for example, the candles. Oh, that's a good question. The candles, let me tell you. There is a, a long tradition of you're not going to finish those candles on the day of the dead, right? Mm-hmm. And those candles usually get like these or like different size, but lesser, right? In Los Ranchos, 
we collect those cabitos, we call it cabito de candle, like unos cabitos de vela. Y esas, and those cabitos are the ones that we offer to el anima sola. Oh. It says oh. why, because los, and you can find that information in, in anywhere. Cabitos para el anima sola, pole. You, you can go uh, that and then just translate. Because it says like the anima sola, you shouldn't put it a regular candle. At least in Mexico, that's not how it goes because se encandila. That's what they said. Like she has so, like already like a lot of fire stuff. You just put a little bit. Los cabitos del anima sola. That's you. You keep those for the rest of the year, only for el anima sola. Um, Interesting. Yeah, but you guys can check it. I mean, if you guys know Spanish, you can put cabitos para el anima sola. Google, Google, or um, you know, or or just Google and then copy paste and you know, like um, translate that way. But that's for that specific spirit. What else? Like the food, you know, uh, usually in a lot of communities, you have to understand like Mexico, not a lot of places are wealthy. They don't throw away the food. Porque mm. las abuelitas, los abuelos dicen, tirar la comida es pecado. It's a sin to throw the food. And somebody else said, like, no, what is for your, like, dead people is for them and you shouldn't touch it. Uh, that's not usually how it goes in rural communities or the Mexican community because we don't have, we have a lack, you know. Yeah. Yep. So we offer a little bit and we, you know, like, eat the rest. And if somebody said, hey, I'm still hungry, they can eat that food. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's so important, I think. Mm-hmm. May, uh, that may not apply in the African-American community or in other traditions, but that's how it is, you know? Yeah. You need to understand, too, like, there is a lot of, like, a lack of resources over there and hunger and poverty. So mm-hmm. for, for mm-hmm. us, like, food is a sacred thing. Yeah. yeah. What else? What else, like? Uh I usually like uh, all the pictures and stuff. I put them like in a box, all the, you know, the, uh, the calaveritas, like the calaveras, the schools. I uh, like put them in a bin for the next year. The the saints or like the statues that I put in the altar, I just move them from a, to my other place. The water, I just throw it away. I think this is such a good and important conversation to touch on because I don't know what it is, but in the United States, everyone is obsessed with burying everything. Right. It must be buried. Like this food that you gave to your ancestors, you got to take it outside and bury it. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry, but if my aunt so-and-so comes over and I give her a sandwich and there's leftovers, like I don't take it outside and bury it. That would be weird. Like yeah, very exactly weird. Not. Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, we is is another thing that I have noticed, too, like in terms of magic, too, like a lot of people complicating a lot of stuff where where, like our ancestors come from the populace, the folk. They were like simple people. You feel like overcomplicating and making everything so different. 
from what they wear or how they wear or how they manage their their businesses, right. you know? Well, and that was something too that I was so happy to see and and also at the same time for some reason a little bit uh, like surprise like the first time that you look at like like the book of saint cyprian or or you know or or your book too looking through it there's spells for big things to happen that are very simple very easy that's and i'm like mm -hmm. (laughs) like, should it be more complicated but it's really it's not no No, and and, and it I was saying the other day in a in a video that i did in a, a reel or tiktok i don't remember like I went to, I found a place called El Rancho that is a supermarket, right? <laughs> and my husband, hey, let's go. The first thing that I walk into was somebody who was selling exactly the sa- exact talismans and amulets that I put in my book. I was like, <laughs> you can see in the video. And I was like, wow. And then I go, and then the first thing that I see is like, the, the the bolillos and the breads and then you walk and you see like all the seeds and grains chiles and my husband is 98% of your book you can find at this store mm-hmm. and I'm like yeah mm-hmm. and another thing that happened when I was doing my book was like I didn't it looks like really I don't I'm not going to take the credit on how it looks right now like in the chapters and stuff the editor that was in Judica, I was working already with another one, said like, hey, I'm going to put all these elements in a chapter that I'm going to uh, call uh, the, the, the Bruja's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I want you in the chapter of the Lent for Mexican witches that you add the recipe that you said, because I looked the recipe and you may not realize, but how magical it is that all the ingredients for your Passover food are already listed in that chapter. (laughs) And she's like, this is insane. I never saw something like that. And she said, like, she was very, like, I have read, she told me, her name is Jane. I have read so many stories, but I have never read something new. Like, oh, I didn't know like right. the Jewish went to Mexico. I didn't know that was Inquisition there. I didn't know like this and that. And, you know, you, you broke something like, I was like, wow. And she is Jewish and Native American too. So she was very excited. And um, so she made me like write the recipe and she put all the elements on the kitchen. And she's like, it's insane. Like, for a salacion, you just need salt. For an endulzamiento, you just need like what you have, like honey, uh, sprinkles. You need like um, piloncillo. You need like things that you already have in your kitchen. Like, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I said like, no. And I could go, I could have gone like on and on and on with, you know, but I didn't have more space. I actually saved like, I don't know, like 20 20 um, spells and stuff in the book. But yeah, our ancestors were at least like, they were like very practical people. They didn't mm-hmm. have, they didn't have like the time or, you know, to be like spending money on botanicas and super like stuff. They, they did everything from nothing. 
out of like out of nothing, out of nothing at all. And that's what I I really try to to put out there. Like you know, uh, you can do magic, and you don't have to be a like a certain thing. You know, like super. You have super like abilities like you just need to learn and you just need to be to have faith mm. because mm-hmm. that was the most important ingredient la fe mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and I, I don't know i really like how the book turned off and another things that i put there that i guess a lot of people was like wow because they have this misconception what is a witch doing in the in the church you know right and you saw, and now I think you already read like even a pact with the devil. You can make it in in the church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, somebody will be like, "How can you make a pact with the devil in the church?" Oh, read my book, and you will see how. <laughs> uh, or like, you can kill your enemy in the church. Mm-hmm. Like spiritually and like physically, like because a lot of cultures, you know, like you know, in Huru, they say we do these burials, these entierros. We place them in the cemetery. In the Mexican culture, it was not like that, or not only like that. You had to go to another rancho and tell the father, oh, you know, fulanito, this is the name, and the blah, 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 die. And that person didn't even die. So the the priest had to do, like, this uh, misa de difunto, saying, like, in, while you were placing that person in the cemetery, the, the, the fetiche or the doll. So the, even the priest was doing the brujería for you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, okay, right. Padre, I need you to like to do a misa for this person who died and is my familia and I love him. At what? Oh, at five. Okay. And you at that time you were like doing that. You were not just doing like the, the entierro. You the father was doing the jury job too. Then that has that starting changing and now we have to do like a lot of paperwork for that like they ask you like the, <laughs> the certificate so <laughs> now, now what, to you. <laughs> exactly now what we do is what when you know uh when there's the commun- communal misas sometimes you just give the name and it's a, like a, a different ones so the father say the name for a lot of people or while, while the father like the priest is doing like the the right of the dead for the misa de cuerpo de cuerpo presente where they put the body in Mexico or uh, sometimes uh, they don't put it but they're doing the misa we just like on top of the of the, of the priest we like say the same like uh, the name of the person who we want dead you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and the priest doesn't even care what you're saying because he's like focused on performing his own ritual. You're just like talking on top of him. But mm. Just going to slide this in here. It's <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Oh, God. So it's, 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 so it's a lot of things that you will be, what? Yeah, that's why we go to the, 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 the church. That's the, the things that brujas mexicanas used to do and still does at the church. 
Now they make sense to you, right? Oh, that's when it start. That's when it starts to get scary, huh? Because it it, onto you know to the certain points we're very cynical. Mm-hmm. I put the example example of uh, sadismas that is a, the good thief. You know that's why we we pray a lot to him because that's we we do I do as a Mexican witch believe in the power of the blood and the power of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I know, you know, I will have a redemption one day because I believe in it. Mm-hmm. Because I was taught to believe that way. I was yeah. conditioned to believe that way. And that doesn't mean like, that's part of my, my practice, my, my beliefs, my witchcraft. But here is like, you say something like that, and oh, you're not a witch. a witch. You're not a bruja. If I didn't have that element of faith, I wouldn't be a witch in my own language. Right. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? So, yeah, it's, I think it, there is a lot of things that they're going to bring, like a lot of things that they're going to be really cool for people who didn't know those things, you know, mm-hmm. like, wow, you know, I think it's going to bring some much needed conversation to not only the magical community, but also like the Mexican magic community. I think it's going to bring a lot of different perspective and I'm currently reading it and I love it. And I need at least a dozen more books from you. So, <laughs> so get, get it going. Um, yeah, I know. I'm so, super happy. Very, very happy. So check out all of Laura's work, uh, her book, Mexican Sorcery, A Practical Guide to Brujeria de Rancho. Um, is coming out in February. First. And February. Mm-hmm. February 1st. And you can follow her, um, Laura de Vila, also known as Daphne La Echicera. And uh, we will, I'm sure, have you back at some point. So thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, it was awesome. And I learned so much today. That was really cool about the Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Buy my book. <laughs> yes. And go, buy yes, buy her book. And links are in the show notes if you want to go buy her book. And definitely get on that pre-order because a lot of people don't realize how much pre-ordering helps an author. Like mm-hmm. that's that's a really important part of the process of publishing is getting pre-orders in. So yeah. Pre-order numbers are important. So do not be afraid to pre-order, please. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So while you are doing that, make sure to... Live your best life and (laughs) jump the gun there. Do witchcraft. Do the witchcraft. Support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there.